Joy 99.7 FM. Bringing hope to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's Word. A series, Life in the Spirit. And my subtitle is Actions of the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. Part number seven, subtitled, Actions of the Spirit. Our spirits are active. They are not passive. They are not passive. Uh, The spirit in us acts. And when the spirit acts in us, we have a sense of it or we would say we feel it one way or the other. And so today I'm going to focus on certain acts of the Spirit or actions of the Spirit. And we would look primarily at the life of Jesus and we look at the various actions of His Spirit under various circumstances and we're going to see how that applies to us uh, as well. There are several actions of the Spirit, but for today I will only focus on three of those actions of the Spirit. Uh, it doesn't exhaust all of the actions of the Spirit, but these three give us a very good summary. And so the first one we'll look at is a phrase that is used to describe a spiritual state that Jesus was in at the Last Supper. Uh, It was also used to describe a state or a spiritual state that Jesus was in at the tomb of Lazarus. And that phrase is troubled in spirit or troubled in the spirit. Your spirit can be troubled or can feel troubled. So we look at John chapter 13 and verses 21 and 22. This is at the Last Supper, uh, and Jesus had spoken to his disciples about what was about to happen, uh, that he's going to be given up, and and then uh, he'll be crucified, and he'll rise again. Um, So John chapter 13 from verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit. I want you to underline that phrase, troubled in spirit spirit or trouble in his spirit or in the spirit and testified and said most assuredly I say to you one of you will betray me then the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke Jesus was troubled in spirit. What does the word trouble mean? There are several 
are thoughts that come out of the word trouble. The first is that to be troubled is to feel stirred in your spirit. Feel stirred. It's, it's like uh, having uh, something on, on fire and uh, a pot on, on fire and stirring the contents. You feel like stand, something is stirring you. To be troubled also means to be restless or bothered. So Jesus felt a stirring in his spirit. He felt restless uh, in his spirit. He didn't have a sense of quietness. He didn't have a sense of peace uh, within him. He was bothered. So when we say a person is troubled in the spirit, these are the thoughts that um, we, we are looking at. So Jesus is having inner restlessness. And if you pay attention to the narrative, Jesus had not done anything physically to show that he was disturbed. As a matter of fact, much of the activities of the Last Supper was very joyful, was very happy. But the passage says that he was troubled. And that tells us that sometimes you can see outwardly to be okay, but inwardly you can feel a restlessness in your spirit. And the reason why Jesus was troubled in the spirit was because he sensed the reality of impending danger. He felt that danger is coming. He knew about the betrayal that is just about to happen. And inside him, he knew something bad is about to happen. Our spirits can warn us of danger ahead of time. When something bad is about to happen, you will usually sense it from within. Something inside you will start feeling restless, uneasy, or bothered. Although everything around you may be peaceful, but inside of you, you feel a restlessness. And that's what Jesus is going through. Sometimes people call this sense premonition or a sense of foreboding. Uh, but the Bible calls it being troubled in the spirit. And it comes in the form of inner restlessness. Sometimes this sense of spiritual restlessness your spirit feels will be general. You wouldn't know what you are restless about. It's just that you feel restless. And sometimes it can be specific. You know what you are restless about. In the case of Jesus Christ, this is not general restlessness. This is feeling restless because he knows specifically what is about to happen. And he knows the person who is going to be used to accomplish it. And the person was sitting right with him. And so he felt the restlessness of his spirit. It wasn't just because of Judas, but it is about what is going to happen. And so Jesus was restless in his spirit. Now as Christians, our spirits also sometimes get restless. And I'm sure there are many times where you have felt this sense of restlessness. You feel troubled in your spirit. You get up in the morning and you, you just feel troubled. And you can't put your finger on it. 
You can't describe it. There is no specificity on it, but there is restlessness inside of you. Don't underestimate what is happening in your spirit because it is part of God's way of communicating to you. Now sometimes that restlessness may not even be because of something going to happen to you. It's something I've learned over the years. Many times it has nothing to do with you. It is something that is about to happen either in the world or in the nation or in the family or to somebody else. And if you always personalize it, you will not be able to intercede properly to avert what is about to happen. So don't always personalize the restlessness. It may be uh, not related to you. In the case of Jesus, it was related to him. Uh, but we'll look at another uh, example very soon. But the important thing is that he had this restlessness. The, the other thing I want you to note about this restlessness with Jesus is that although he felt restless and troubled in his spirit, he didn't stop what was going to happen. He didn't stop it. So sometimes the troubling in your spirit is not, just, is not for you to stop it. You know, many times we use the phrase, God reveals to redeem. And I believe that there is a truth to it, but it's not an absolute truth. Because this was not redeemed. This was not redeemed. That Jesus went through what he was troubled about. And so sometimes you get a restlessness and then you go through what you are about to go through. And the reason why he didn't stop it was because what he was going through was beneficial for him and for mankind. If he had averted it, there would be no salvation for you and I. So it's, it's the bigger purposes of God that he was submitted to. So uh, just to, to make you aware, it doesn't mean that don't deal with any restlessness and you can stop it because we will see another instance where he stopped what was happening. The second instance of Jesus being troubled in the spirit is in John chapter 11, verse 33 and 34. John chapter 11, 33 and 34. This is at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. He's been dead for four days. Jesus is now uh, in their hometown and, and, uh, and Mary and Martha are crying all over and people are crying. Verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, note carefully, he saw what was happening, the emotion being expressed. And therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Was troubled. The same word that is translated troubled here is the same word translated troubled uh, in the earlier passage. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And as you know, he went and raised Lazarus. But I want you to see how different the troubling in his spirit is on this occasion from the first one. In this occasion or on this occasion, Jesus was spiritually troubled by the pain that somebody else was going through. So Mary is weeping and Jesus' spirit is troubled. It's not about something happening to him. It's about something happening to somebody else. But that thing happening to somebody else is troubling his spirit. 
and it troubles him so much. The, the Bible used another word that he groaned in spirit. So, in the first instance, he's troubled in the spirit because of something going to happen to him. In the second instance, he's troubled in the spirit because of something happening to somebody else. And that shows you that sometimes you can be troubled in the spirit, not because of something happening to you, but something happening to somebody else. It's one of the things I, I have learned over the years, especially being a pastor, that you know, in my early years, I didn't fully understand all these dynamics. And I could get troubled on a daily basis. And most times I would get troubled as if something bad is going to happen to me. And I'll pray and pray and pray and pray for myself. But later I got to understand that probably because of the calling of God upon my life and because I'm a pastor and I'm the shepherd of many people, what happened to Jesus happens to me also. What your people are going through begins to trouble your spirit. And when that happens, you may not even know why it is troubling your spirit. Sometimes something happens and you, rem you remember, last week I was feeling this at this time. And then later you heard something else had happened. So over time I understood that when I'm troubled in the spirit, the remedy is to pray in the spirit. Because you are troubled in the spirit... The remedy to being troubled in the spirit is to pray in the spirit. Praying in tongues. And when you pray in the spirit to ask God, uh, the Holy Spirit, to interpret to your mind so you can understand what the troubling in your spirit is all about. Because that will inform how you respond to it. Of course, if you know that the troubling of your spirit is because Mary is weeping or because the Jews are weeping, then you know the solution is to go and solve their problem. Go and raise Lazarus. So in this case, Jesus solves the problem of what is causing the troubling and there's no troubling again. So two instances of troubling in the spirit. One, Jesus feels it because something is going to happen to him. He doesn't change the situation. Secondly, Jesus feels troubling his spirit. Something is happening to somebody, but it troubles him. And then he does something about it. One of the things you have to understand that as members of the body of Christ, our spirits are networked. We are joined together in spirit as Christians. My spirit is joined to your spirit. Your spirit is joined to mine because we belong to Christ together. And as a result, things that you're going through, God may place on my heart. And things that I'm going through, God may place on your heart. And there may be members of the church you don't know physically, but your spirit knows. And when they are weeping, it will trouble your spirit. Your spirit will begin to pick up on the emotions people are going through, on the fears and anxieties people are going through, on the burdens that people are going through. So when you feel that troubling in the spirit, don't always interpret it as which is coming after you. You have to understand it is a way of you to respond to something. And the best way to respond to troubling in the spirit is to pray in the spirit. To pray in the spirit.
Christ, you will misinterpret what the troubling is all about. But your spirit will be troubled either because something is going to happen to you or is happening to somebody. And the way to deal with this is to pray in the spirit. That's one of the reasons why every Christian must be filled with the Holy Spirit, have the ability to pray in tongues because there are moments when you have to pray about things your mind has no clue about. And you have to learn to pray in the spirit. All right. So that's the first action of the spirit that we are talking about. Troubled in the spirit. If you felt it before, now you know what it is and how to deal with it. If you haven't felt it before, I, uh, you will feel it. <laughs> you will feel it. All right. But the second one is a, a phrase that is called perceiving in the spirit perceiving in the spirit the first one is trouble this one is perceiving in the spirit and the example for Jesus is in Mark chapter 2 verses 6 to 8 this is at the healing of a man who is paralyzed who is dropped from the ceiling you are familiar with that uh, story in the New Testament Mark chapter 2 from verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Very interesting. So what does the word perceive means? It means to know, to recognize, or to understand. To know, to recognize, or to understand. So when you perceive something, it means you have recognized it, you have uh, known it, uh, or you understand it. Uh, th there is a way to perceive things naturally perceive things naturally. You read a book, you understand it, you've perceived. But this is perceived in the spirit. It has nothing to do with your mind. It has to do with your spirit knowing, understanding something that you may not be physically aware of. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.